I didn't even know really where I was going, but I knew there was a front door, and I knew when I came here traffic was heavy, and I thought if I could get to that front door and run out there in that street, the good chances are the bus or something would hit me, and it would be all over. From Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, I'm Timothy Gregory, and this is the Unshackled Podcast, sharing true stories of faith that make you face yourself and think. Today's episode, Stephen Welch. Now, before we find out if our story subject ever made it in time to catch his bus, let's go back a ways. The man we're talking about is Stephen Welch, a native Chicagoan who, when growing up in the Windy City, was part of the down and out. You don't know, hate to say we were so poor we couldn't pay attention, but my mother made our clothes. I had blocks that I played with as a child and a tree out back. That was the other toy. And so I didn't know any better. I thought, this is great. I had a happy childhood. But a happy childhood doesn't always mean a happy life. In fact, many a happy childhood has resulted in chaos and deep scarring, usually self-inflicted. I was addicted to alcohol and uh, I had tried many drugs and, uh, you know, my life just fell apart. In 1987, Stephen Welch hit bottom. But he didn't want to stay there. He was looking for a rescue. He found it on the side of the road, on an Indiana highway. I had a a life-transforming experience when I was driving through Indiana and heard Adrian Rogers on the radio, and I, I was led to just get outside of my car and get on my knees and accept Jesus Christ. Uh, I wanted him to be the Lord of my life. And uh, things began to change. And change they did. Over a 15-year period, Stephen created multiple United States patents and garnered over 300 international design awards. Skyrocketing to the top of the corporate world while presiding over a multi-million dollar enterprise, Stephen Welch was reaping the benefits of a blessed, wildly successful life. You know, I had everything I wanted. I had a beautiful house. I had uh, four children. I was married. We had the cars. We went on vacations. I had plenty of time off. I owned my own business. And it was just wonderful. All things were working together. Stephen Welch was living in the lap of luxury, which isn't bad, except that you never know when luxury is going to stand up. And when it does. And uh, a few things happened that started a slow cancer growing. I began to put so much emphasis on the material things that I focused on the blessings, not the blesser. I became happy with my vacations and do I want a BMW or should we get a Lincoln Navigator and things like that. So this cancer started growing slowly. You became happy with yourself. I did, yeah. Sin is a lot like cancer, only it's a disease of the soul. It slowly eats away until it kills. Some people succumb in a short time. Others, it takes decades. But either way, in Stephen's case, it was terminal. You're listening to a conversation I had with Stephen Welch on a late autumn day at Pacific Garden Mission, a homeless shelter in Chicago's South Loop, and also the destination where Stephen's terminal illness would take his life Spiritually speaking, of course. Can you talk a little bit about how you go from being 
wildly successful to ending up at a rescue mission. Uh, one decision for Christ can change your life for all eternity. One decision with a handgun can also change it. You can be in prison the rest of your life. However, I made a series of small decisions. I became a workaholic. Uh, it caused my now ex-wife to distance from me. She felt neglected. She had an affair. She ran off. Uh, the business started crumbling. There was a home fire, there were a lot of things, and the money started just running out the door. As fast as I had built this little empire, it disappeared. The reality that all empires must fall hit Stephen hard, so much so that he ended up hospitalized in a suburb of Chicago. Social worker came in and said, Mr. Welch, your insurance is up, and we're gonna move you to another facility. And I thought, well, that's fine. And I happily got into a cab with a voucher and he started driving and next thing you know, I'm seeing the Chicago skyline saying, hey, I don't know of a hospital down here, we're on the expressway. He said, oh no, you're not going to a hospital, you're going to Pacific Garden Mission. Not having enough money to get himself back out to the suburbs, Stephen decided to stay one night at the rescue mission, a place of which he was familiar. I knew about Pacific Garden Mission, uh, had been here before uh, volunteering and my dad preached here in 1948. It's got a good name. I uh, never thought I'd be on the receiving end, uh, and I walked upstairs and got uh, a shower into the beds, and I didn't sleep all that night. I was horrified. The next day brought even more hopelessness and desperation. I felt like I was in hobo land, and uh, I thought, this is the end. I think the devil was saying, yeah, yeah, it's the end, all right. I've stolen everything from you. I've taken all your family. I've taken your money, your possessions, your home. Go kill yourself. And uh, that was the, the breaking point for me. This breaking point sent Stephen racing down the hallway of the mission. I didn't even know really where I was going, but I knew there was a front door. And I knew when I came here, traffic was heavy. And I thought if I could get to that front door and run out there in that street, the good chances are the bus or something would hit me and it would be all over. At this point, we enter the yellow-floored main hallway of the mission, sometimes referred to as the Yellow Brick Road, symbolic of its proverbial path to a promised land. Only in Stephen's case, it was a road to ruin. So I ran down the hallway, and I remember security saying, hey, you can't do that. I ran by the kiosk, right by him. You're running right along this path here. I was, yeah, right here. As I'm running down the hallway here, I, w I felt uh, a, a sense of panic and a sense of fear and a sense of being lost. I was so out there uh, mentally and emotionally that I really had detached from reality. You hit this door right here. Right, boom, out here. And where all these cars are going by, I ran right out to here. And I'm standing in the middle of the street Sunday morning and there's nothing either way, not even a bicycle. And it was like God was showing me, you're sitting out in a, in a street of Chicago, it's normally busy, all by yourself. What are you doing? But you weren't finished. No. Stephen spotted a train yard right adjacent to the mission and sprinted toward it with a new objective, death by train. But there weren't any moving. It was a, a Sunday and uh, the normal commuter trains weren't present and there were no California Zephyrs flying through at 70 miles an hour. So I decided that wasn't gonna work. But a man with Stephen's creativity and ambitious nature would not be denied, including the act of suicide. 
he would find another bridge over a body of water. Well, I look down and uh, there's glistening water and it's a long way. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna jump off, hold my feet and body straight. When I hit the bottom, take a deep breath. And I don't know how to explain this to you. I didn't hear a voice, but something in my heart, it was like light shone in my heart and something said, go back to the mission. And I did. I left that bridge, went back to the mission, sat in the service, heard the gospel message, and shortly thereafter, I pulled my Bible out and I started reading Psalms and it wasn't long before uh, I started getting hope, a little glimmer of hope. That glimmer of hope blossomed into Stephen joining the men's new life program at the mission, where he was reminded of old things becoming new. I was a backslider, someone who uh, fell away from the faith, someone who, as in uh, 2 Timothy, was partaking in the divine nature, and then I did have a fall. And I realize now, when I came here, yeah, it's the old man has passed away uh, out of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. I had an opportunity to become new and have a chance. The opportunity God gave Stephen this time was not squandered. God uh, knitted me in my mother's womb with a purpose. Everyone listening to this program has a purpose. God's given it to you. And then you, you realize that the gifts, talents, and abilities in the Babylonian system or in the world system, you'll say, those are mine. But God said, no, Stephen, I put those gifts, talents, skills, and abilities in you. Those are mine to use for my glory. God has a purpose for me. So my confidence is in him, not a man. I get excited to see what God wants to show me each day because my relationship with him is wonderful. And I'm blessed with a godly wife who ministers to me. I try to minister to her. I'm, I'm working in a ministry that's wonderful. And uh, I keep seeing things that I could improve upon. I don't have to worry about where I'm gonna work next. If he wants to change my assignment, move me to another state, thank you, Lord. But all my confidence is in him and it's a beautiful life to live. It takes the pressure off. It takes all the pressure off. Looks like that person could take some pressure off. I think so, road rage. <laughs> it's a busy little street here and I'm glad I didn't try running out on a day like today. <laughs> we might not be having this podcast. <laughs> At one time, Stephen Welch thought he had it all and over time he lost it all, but this time, he rests in the assurance that Jesus is his all. And those same hallways that Stephen raced down looking to end his life, he now walks them daily, joyous and hopeful, as the Director of Development at Pacific Garden Mission. So, until next time on the Unshackled Podcast, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory. <laughs>